Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. as far as the Browns wire community goes. The host of the Hurry Up podcast, Mac Robinson. Mac, how you doing, brother? I'm good, Josh. Thank you for having me on, man. Always love hopping on with you. Yeah, man. I haven't had you on in a while. I saw that you dropped a new episode of your podcast today, too. Yeah, yeah. Had, look, after what happened this past weekend, I, I had to go ahead and throw my head back in the ring. It's been a it's been a long time, but I had to I had to jump back into the game. Dude, you were so you were so passionate yesterday when you were texting me. I was like, dude, you gotta come on the show tomorrow. Let's just do it. But uh let, let's just jump into it, man. The Browns lost 38 to 7. They got destroyed. Uh the Browns now sit at four and two, which is weird that everybody's so unhappy because I can't remember the last time the Browns are four and two. They right. lost to an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team that's now sitting at five and zero. So remember yeah. that. And people are upset. People are talking about the you know Baker being benched, but him not being the guy. Honestly, let me give you my take first. I had Brad Ward on the show last week, and I said, gun to my head, I'm putting money on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that the Steelers are great. I pointed out the Steelers' defensive backfield, specifically Minka Fitzpatrick. Nothing that they did surprised me, really. I mean, we shouldn't have got beat by 31 points. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this isn't a complete shock to me. I'm more shocked by people's reactions, but how do you feel, man? You know, for me, and I feel similar to how I felt after that Ravens game, which is, you know, this Browns team, obviously, look, they're ahead of schedule when it comes to where their team is at right now. But for me, it's all about context. And it's the fact that this team has a new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Mm -hmm. This is six weeks into the regular season with six weeks of off-season prep. Now, again, I'm not trying to come out here and make excuses, but at the same time, we got to be realistic about where this team is at. The fact oh, that yeah. they're 4-2 and two to begin with is nuts. But again, the two teams that they have lost to and gotten, let's be honest, gotten obliterated by have been two teams that have two of the longest tenured head coaches in the NFL. 
They have the most continuity and they have the players that really haven't, they haven't lost anybody, you know? So out of anything, you really, we really should have expected more. Obviously I know that we were coming in high off of the four game winning streak, you know, coming off of a win against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, well-oiled machine over there as well. But, you know, overall, again, this is a tough team. This is a team that somehow went eight and eight with Duck with Duck Dynasty and Mason Rudolph oh. last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. And for me, I'm looking at it, you know, this offensive line, you know, they, they had to have some kind of clunker here sooner or later. You know, they didn't play up to their potential this week. And Baker was taking those hits. And you could see that week, like, play after play after play. And... My biggest thing is that I love that we're fans are forgetting the fact that Baker Mayfield had a massive rib injury coming into yes. this game. And not only too, they mentioned in the broadcast, Jim Nance even said he normally sleeps on his side, but he was in so much pain that he couldn't sleep on his side for the entire week. So yeah. he was in pain and again, getting constantly hit after hit after hit after hit, you know, I, I don't know what you really expected out of that. And again, this is a Pittsburgh Seward defense that limited Saquon Barkley and outside of one 74-yard run from Miles Sanders last week, limited him to six yards on the ground. Like, yep. this is yep. a defense that is legitimate. So I, I don't know what we were really expecting. Obviously, I thought that the Browns could have won this game. But again, I was wrong in that sense. This is a Pittsburgh Seward team that is legit and that is a fearful defense. And Ben Roethlisberger is a game manager. He's taking care of the football. That's what you come to expect, dude. He's he's more than a game manager. He's got. I mean, he he did he did everything right. This was the first game, pretty much all. I mean, this is the first game since the Browns have hit their high streak where they haven't had a turnover. And Big Ben's a big reason for that, right? We're not going up against Dwayne Haskins. We're not going up against Joe Burrow. This is big boy football. This is Big Ben football, and he's gonna he's gonna hold on to that ball. Baker Mayfield isn't the only one that sucked. That entire defense sucked. The interior of the defensive line that we thought was so great, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi got pushed. Okay, James Conner is a very average NFL back, and he rushed for over 100 yards. Benny Snell looked very impressive against the interior defensive line, right? I mean, uh, the play calling, the play calling was iffy, right? We talked about Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. rib injury, and then you come out in the first, well, I guess it would be the second drive because the first drive was a pick six, but the second drive or third drive, you come out, you you draw, you call a screen put. Screen pass that is a long developing play where Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield gets smashed. Why would you have a long developing play like that against a team that rushes the pass? Okay, let me rephrase <laughs> that because that sounds stupid. I understand <laughs> that you call you call the screens because you're bringing in the aggressive defense. My point is with your quarterback's ribs being messed up like that and everybody talking about it leading up to the week, I mean, right? Why would you leave him susceptible? Those you get hit, you get hit on screens. And the, <laughs> the you're hate right? and the play calling was just weird like that all day. And the defense again, they let up 38 points, right? Chase Claypool had a rushing touchdown. The rookie wide receiver had a rushing touchdown. The Steelers just beat us. Well, I will also say this too. So for me, I again just context-wise I go ahead and I say the defense let up 31 points. And for me, I look at I apologize. It I, you're right. You're right. I keep saying 38, but you're, you're right. That's those seven points. So seven of those points do go on Baker. You're yeah. Right. So for me, the way that I see it is I think that defense was getting gas as that game kind of went on because of the fact that the offense couldn't have long sustaining drives. Like that, yeah, exactly. And, th- and that was the big thing is that especially you saw what happens when the Browns ground game isn't going, you know, they're not able to control the clock. 
and the defense is getting out there and they're getting gas and Baker isn't necessarily able to go ahead and keep those drives sustained, especially when he's hurt. And again, like what you were saying too, like the, uh, the offensive line wasn't really getting, wasn't playing up to their potential that they've the been playing. Line was terrible. I didn't yes. even bring that up. You, you brought it up first, but they, you, those, those are your exact words. They didn't play up to their potential. Let me build off that and say that they were terrible. They were terrible. <laughs> Wyatt Teller being out, you can definitely, when they're going up against a good defensive line, there is a stark contrast between Chris Hubbard and Wyatt Teller. And Jack Conklin, he got beat like a drum by TJ Watt. Beat yeah. like a drum. And, I, you know, that's that. I compare that to Baker Mayfield struggles, Sheldon Richardson's struggles, Larry Goodjoby's struggles. I don't think any of those guys suck. I don't think Jack Conklin sucks. I right. think that TJ Watt is that good. I think mm-hmm. that the Steelers were that good. I don't think any of those guys should be cut or traded. But it's so weird that the focus is on Baker when Jack Conklin got was up. Sheldon Richardson blew. Larry Ogajobi blew. The safeties right. blew. Denzel Ward blew. They all they all blew. I don't understand why we're picking apart him. Right. And the other part of it, too, is that like what you were saying, where these long developing plays, my other part of it, too, is the fact that, you know, Odell and Jarvis, they weren't able to create enough separation early on so that you can get some of those quick those quick passes that Baker wants. And not only that, too, with the quick uh, pressure that they were able to get on him at that point, you're starting to wonder, OK, all of a sudden now, OK, now if Odell is getting a slant going and if he's able to get some quick separation, OK, fine, we're able to get the ball out quick enough. But at the same time, you've got Cam Hayward, you've got Stefan to it that are crushing the pocket and so all of a sudden now when those guys are actually getting open baker meanwhile has his back turned because he's trying to run away from all this pressure going on it you got to give credit to the seahorse defense like as much as i know browns fans hate doing it they They are yeah they're a well-oiled machine they're like a it's like the fact that they have continuity on a team and they're not learning how to they're not learning a brand new playbook every single season the game plan the Steelers. it's I, again, Baker Mayfield was bad. I, I, I want everybody to know that I'm aware of how bad Baker Mayfield looked, but I'm also aware of how bad uh, you know, the other 10 guys in the field were too. The Steelers had a really good game plan. I mean, that's evidence. I, uh, Jeff, Our editor, Jeff Risden, had an article. It was either yesterday or today where he pointed out a lot of the flaws in the offense that the Browns were running. I think a lot of that falls on Stefanski and his bland play calling and his mm-hmm. predictable play calling from Sunday. I mean, the Browns only had they only converted one of twelve on third downs. They only had four first downs on their first five possessions. The, the Steelers came out with a plan and it worked. They mud, they muddied the defensive backfield. They confused Baker. They knew what Stefanski was going to call. They were right there. It just it's just it, there was. I, there was no better game, but he got, they got out coached, outplayed, outclassed. And that's on the offensive side. The same thing goes for the defensive side. Like I said, the Steelers had a great running offense. Baker, Big Ben didn't make any mistakes. He, he was hitting Claypool in stride. They just, it was the perfect game plan. And to be honest with you, I'm still more upset. If you look at the Brown season, I'm still more upset by them barely beating the Cincinnati Bengals the first time around by the mm-hmm. skin of the teeth and letting a rookie quarterback look very impressive on a short week with 60 attempts. Then I am about this week. I thought that the Browns looked worse against the Bengals, right? I mean, that and that defensive line, offensive line is terrible. And we don't talk about how awful the Browns looked against the Cincinnati Bengals on a Thursday night football, right? I just feel like it's so weird that we're taking I – mean, the Steelers are good. The Steelers are right. a playoff team. They're a top right. eight team. Right. And, and that was my biggest thing too is that, like, obviously, you know, you can learn from each and every game, but – 
I, I don't know what it was, but I was like, I don't know if we're if we had adjusted our expectations way too soon or what if everybody was kind of thinking that. Because the other part that I pointed out in the podcast is the fact that if you look at the Browns schedule and Jake Trotter of ESPN mentioned this earlier today in a tweet. Yeah. And he said that the Browns have the easiest schedule in the NFL from here on out. If you look at it, they have six games, six against teams that have two wins or less. Six. Wow. And they have four wins right now. So you're telling me that if they go ahead and take care of business against the teams that they should be beating, they should be 10 and six. Like, I, I mean, they're still not a good team. I'm not no. saying they're a 10 win team. They should, it, but they shouldn't be. That my expectations aren't there. Right. But that, but that's my thing is that again, and you know, I, I know you. I know you've got a. I know you've got everything that you want to talk about too. But I mean, like just going through. I mean, Cincinnati, one win. Texans, one win. Philly, one win. That's three. Then Jacksonville, one win. Then uh, you got a back to back games against Tennessee and Baltimore. I'm not even giving them the chance to win that one as of right now. Then you've got two games in December against both New York teams. Like it sets up nicely. It sets yeah. up real nicely for the Browns. Absolutely. I, I, and I think at this phase, it's more important for them to look like a complete team making strides than to just accumulate wins. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Especially when we talk about the caliber of competition, right? Right. Right. Exactly. I, I just it, – it's this game was so weird because I, I, I walked away from it not feeling anything. Like I, I just walked away. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care. It. I was. I, I'm telling you. You can ask Adam Moore or Ryan Keefe. They were both on the show. Anybody who listens to the show on a consistent basis, you could hear the anger of my voice when the Browns barely beat the Cincinnati Bengals because they look like shit. They look like shit. They barely. <laughs> they barely beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a rookie quarterback on a short week, a beat up offensive line, and a beat up Joe Mixon. They barely right. beat them. This right. game, I didn't care. I mean, how do you walk away not realizing that the Steelers – I mean, the Steelers, there's only like two undefeated teams. Three? Yeah. No, there's two, there's two undefeated teams in the NFL, the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. That's that's it. They're good. The Steelers yeah. are good. I just – I don't know. I don't understand why people are so passionate. And the people that are giving up on Baker Mayfield already, I find that so incredibly strange that you're, you're willing to throw him well, – he had four head coaches in three seasons so far. Yeah, and what think about all the different do? schemes that he's been going through over the last three years. What do you want him to do? It's right. so strange. And then they, you hear a, a very common theme is, well, he always misses high. He always misses high. Okay, so quarterbacks miss all the time. Just because he misses the same way, does it really <laughs> matter? You know, I don't. Does that make sense? Like, I don't understand. A miss is a miss. Yeah, a, yeah, a miss is a miss is a miss. Why do we have to? Why do I have to sit here and talk about why he always misses high? We know why he misses high. He misses high because his feet aren't set because he's running around like a madman. Deshaun yeah, I'd rather miss high than throw behind. Well, I, I mean, it, <laughs> like you said before, a miss is a miss. I don't, I don't care what right. what happened. Deshaun Kaiser missed all the time in a million different directions. Is that is that what your preferred <laughs> method is? I don't, I'm not, I'm confused. Uh, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me where this, where this is coming from. You know, right. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's strange to me. You know, and another, we're just, and I, it kind of blows my mind too that we're not so upset about the defensive line looking pedestrian because this was really the defensive line's first test against a competent offensive line. Miles Garrett's looked great. Miles Garrett is, should be 
up for the running of the defensive player of the year. But if you looked at the last couple of years, the Redskins had a, had had their offensive tackle was hurt. He went up against Bobby Hart in Cincinnati. Then the, uh, Tyron Smith in Dallas was hurt. So he went up against some dude who was also – LaRaven Clark, who was a six-round draft pick by, like, the Colts. And then, I, you know, he, he's had a pretty easy way to where he's at. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I just – I'm more upset. And he played, well, he played well against the Steelers. I'm not meaning the bad shit. Yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying these are things that we're not talking about. Well, here's the thing, and he had an interesting post-game comment, too, in his post-game Zoom, but what he had said was basically the fact that the Steelers game-planned against him and focused their offensive line on him. For now, sure. the key part of that is the fact that they were focused on him. Olivier Vernon, where the hell are you? Because if they're focused on him, then Olivier Vernon, why are we paying you $11 million and you're still not showing up? Other than maybe the, the one tip pass that he had, uh, late in the first half, I believe it was. But, you know, for him, it, it's like you said. I mean, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, I'm going to give them guy, those guys a little bit of a pass just because they, they're also still coming back from injury. So, you know, for them, I almost. I thought that those guys were. were I bought the Miles Garrett thing because I felt like the Miles Garrett hype train was getting so. It, I mean, we were talking about him being defensive player of the year. Yeah. He doesn't really do it. He he's not not an impactful. I thought he still played well. I thought Olivier Vernon played yes. well too. Sometimes it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, right? I thought right. that there was still Big Ben's face. Big Ben just knows what to do with the ball. He's just very good. So I'm not really holding them guys accountable. You know, as I'm not really upset about those guys. Sean Richardson, Larry Gojobi, though. Woo, those guys got ragdolled, dude. Yeah. Got, I mean, Ogunjobi was coming back from an injury, though. So you're yeah. right. Maybe I should give some some leeway there. But yeah. Richardson, Richardson, he's been. If he maybe he's been bumped and bruised, but he's played. He hasn't sat yeah, out. That's, that's has fair. Sat that's out. fair. That's fair. Um, I, I will say this though too, because there were a few plays where Vernon was trying to set the edge, and I thought that Connor was able to get past him too. Yes. Like I, I will say this, I think the defensive line as a whole needs to get better, and really somebody on that defensive line has to step up because. Guess what? Miles Garrett is a top talent in the NFL. He is going to get double teamed. He is going to be a focus. Somebody else has to get to the quarterback when Miles can't. And so far, I haven't seen anybody do that yet. Well, I think another problem too, and again, I, I the Sean Richardson, Ogan Joby, those guys played badly. I'm not making excuses for them. Yeah. But it's the same thing as Baker. I'm I'm you can see where their games suck. But at the same time, where were the linebackers to clean up the garbage? Yeah. Where, where are the right. linebackers to flow? The linebackers have been a consistent issue on this team. We know it's a weakness. It, it's just like the Baker Mayfield thing. I know Baker Mayfield sucked. I know he played poorly. But <laughs> why are we not talking about the fact that someone was in his face the entire game, right? Mm-hmm. He was he pressured. The, he was running for his life the entire game. I can acknowledge that this guy sucked, but also acknowledge that this part didn't really go well for him. It's the same way with Ogunjobi and Richardson. I mean, you know, if those guys – if C.J. Mosley was running around behind him, would we have noticed how bad those guys would have sucked because Mosley right. would have picked up, you know, the trash? Right. But we don't. We don't have those guys weren't doing much much either. So I, I don't know. There's just a lot. A lot went wrong. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not right. worried about it at all. And not to mention too, like we always got to keep in context the fact that you know this is a a unit that one is still getting itself together. Two yes. dealing with all kinds of injuries on every level. Yes. Um, and three is very, very young and inexperienced, you know, outside of Sendejo and I mean, Malcolm Smith, like, I guess, can you call Kevin Johnson a veteran? Like, I, I don't know anymore at this point. He's like, hurt all the time. <laughs> right. Like, but that's the point. Yeah. But that's the point yeah, is yeah. that he's our veteran corner. 
And he, yeah. he was drafted in 2015, and he's been hurt most of the time. Like, yes, he has. Yes, he has. So, so, like, that's the kind of place where we're at, where I feel like we kind of have to adjust our our expectations for for where this defense is at. And that's why I tweeted out, too. I was like, I, I was impressed early on with where the defense is at, given all of the circumstances and all the context that they've been going through this year. And granted, again, is it not? Is it still bad? Yeah, it's still not great, but also realizing... Like I, I, I've seen people that have said like, oh, like what's up with the defense without the defense. I'm like, this is what happens when you get to the fourth string defense. This is what happens when Sheldrick Redwine is back there and he's consistently getting targeted because they're throwing yes. it to Eric Ebron. If it's not yes. Eric Ebron, those passes are getting caught. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, and I, it, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. And to, uh, to summarize it all up, I, I think that the important thing is that the Browns are beating the teams that they're supposed to beat but they're still losing the teams that they're supposed to lose to, which right. is better than the alternative, which <laughs> which was last year where they were just losing to everybody. Right. Or two years. Does, that, does that make sense? I yeah. mean, it's, it sounds so it's, stupid. It's but baby steps. Exactly. Exactly. I forgot to also, we were talking about oh, some of Miles Garrett. Anthony Casanza was out when he played the Colts too. So yeah, that's another that's backup. Right. But whatever. I Like I said, I, I, don't, I, I hate to keep bashing all that. I'm just saying because Miles Garrett is great. He mm-hmm. plays great, and I feel like I talk about him a lot, but I'm just using him as an, as an example of how Brand, Browns fans look at it. Like, oh, my God, he's got a turnover in every game. And it's like, okay, well, hold on, slow down. Let's slow down. <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God, he's he hasn't thrown a pick in four games. Okay, well, yeah. slow down. Let's slow down. Right. Just, it's, it goes the exact opposite way, too. Oh, my God, Baker sucks. I can't believe he threw that pick. <laughs> All right, well, let's again, let's slow down. Out, he's a, that's a pretty good defensive back that tricked them, you know what I mean? With right. guys in his face, but moving on, I think that this next game is more important than the Pittsburgh Steelers game because A, this will be the second time we play the Cincinnati Bengals, and B, this is a team that they're better than, and this is a team that they should beat pretty handedly. As we talked about, the Browns barely squeaked by the last time they played Thursday night in Cleveland 35 to 30, the spread was six. Need I remind you, because I had money on Cleveland that night, the first and last time <laughs> oh, I would have been on the Browns. Oh, dude, I was pissed. I was pissed. I got, back to- I got backdoored by Burrow. I was pissed. But the Cincinnati Bengals currently sit at 1-4-1, and okay? So I really think that it's obvious who the better team is. Um, right. Now, the Bengals kind of had a collapse of their their own this past week, and they were winning 24-7 to over the Colts and ended up losing 31-27. to Um so yeah, they're they're a pretty bad team. I expect the Browns to do fairly well. Uh, you know, I, I do think that Joe Burrow has grown as a player. I think that he was. We probably saw his coming out party last Thursday, and it seems like T. Higgins is coming along quite well. I gave him a first round grade coming out, and I got kind of bashed a little bit because mm-hmm. he had those weird testing numbers, and everybody kind of thought that he was a fluke because he played at Clemson. No, he looks really good. He had a 67 yard bomb this past week. Uh, he had six receptions for 125 yards, and it seems like he's built a pretty good repertoire with uh, Burrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And last week, their offense, even though again they lost, 24 that 24 points was the highest in the Zach Taylor era. So I think that their offense is finding their groove a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I Okay, so going into this game, I think that this could be – this is a test for Stefanski and this crew, especially coming off a loss. Because, yeah. for one, it could be one where if they let themselves kind of linger in this in this loss, I feel like they could kind of get lost in the shuffle, and the Bengals could beat them. Because, again, oh, if 
Because uh, here's the thing. I mean, look at the Colts game last week. Like you said, I mean, the Colts ended up winning that ball game. Burrow had the best game of his uh, of his career so far. Let's be honest. Can and- we agree though? Before we move on, can we agree that the Colts defense that we saw this past Sunday against the Bengals is not the Colts defense? that we were hyped up to see against the Browns. They're clearly yes. not the defense that we thought they were, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Grain of salt. Grain of salt is all I'm saying. Yeah. But especially going into this Sunday, I mean, it's all about limiting those big plays. And like what we talked about for that Steelers game, you have to have Sheldon Richardson and Okunjobi show up. Yes. Because especially, my worry is that they're going to try to get Joe Mixon going here at some point. And, you know, last few weeks, he kind of struggled a little bit. Obviously, he showed up against the Jaguars because it's the Jaguars, so that he's going to show up. Uh, so well, He's been uh, bumped and bruised, but he's been over 100 yards the last couple of weeks, despite being bumped and bruised. So right. he, it, it, basically, since the Browns game, where he did nothing, he's played pretty well, which is funny you're saying that because the preview show for the Thursday night game, that's one of the reasons why I took the Browns because I said, hey, listen, it's a short week. The, the Bengals got three days to prepare. They're going to keep the ball in the rookie quarterback's hands, and they're just going to grind it out with Joe Mixon because I thought that that played into the Browns a little bit because I figured, okay, they're just going to stack the box and, and kill it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So I'm kind of yeah. hoping that you're right, and that's what happens this time. Now, I, I will also say this too. Like what we said, I mean, I think that this Browns defense, especially, you know, you need to get Ronnie Harrison back if he's healthy yeah. with the concussion. Um, you need to get Carl Joseph back here at some point because at a certain point, Sheldrick Redwine should not be on the field. And I, I've said it over and over again, too, when it comes to Andrew Sandejo. I, I love the guy as a veteran. The guy should be a rotational guy. He really should. Like, he should be somebody who occasionally gets in there to spell one of those starters. But again, with the Grant Delpit injury, that's just where we are. But when you're forced to start both Sandejo and Sheldrick Redwine, that's when I start to worry about some of those deep passes. Tyler Boyd obviously did some damage in garbage time last last time the Browns played. Yes. So I, I worry about some of those receiving options for them, and I worry that if this run defense doesn't necessarily show up with Ogunjobi and Richardson, I worry that they can kind of control the clock a little bit. And if Baker's not able to get this stuff going and able to get the passing attack going, I, I worry about the Browns' offense a little bit. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, no problem. I'm not concerned about that side of things. But if they're able to get the deep passes going with Odell, with Jarvis, I think that this could be a good Austin Hooper game. Um, you know, I think that this could be a good game for the Browns. But again, that defense has to show up. Yeah, I, I, it is. You talk about Ogajobi and, and Richards to show up. I agree with you, especially since it, it sucks that there's so much pressure on them. But it just doesn't feel like they're, it's no, we're not there at the second level. Um, right. You talked about Sheldrick Redwin not being out there. I I agree with you that he should not be a starter. I think he's a very quality, you know, solid reserve type. Right. But he, he misses a lot of tackles. He missed, mm-hmm. a, he missed some tackles this past Sunday. And, I, I you know, it, that's not out of his realm or out of what he usually does. Anderson Deho, I love Anderson Deho. I think he's playing a little bit out of position based off of the need of the defensive backfield. Yeah. I think that he, I don't think he should be the deep guy. I think he's too old and too slow for that now. I agree I with that. I think that he's been forced that way because of Del Pitt. But I think that he's a very technical player. I think that he's caught in a bad spot. But I, I do like Sandejo. You know, uh, uh, the the – Problem with Sandejo, and I said this with Brad Ward last week, is that he was never athletic. He was never an Uber mm. athlete, right? That's why he played with the Sacramento Mountain Lions in the UFL, right? <laughs> yeah. That's just, so when a guy like that loses a step, you notice it. He's almost done, right? Mm. Because he was never fast to begin with. But I, I agree with you that that needs to be an emphasis. The Browns' offense is, it, 
I would normally say, yeah, I'm not worried about it because the Browns offense has been clicking, but they sucked so bad this past <laughs> Sunday yeah. that I am a little concerned. Another part that has me a little less concerned is that it does feel like the Bengals have kind of written this up as a rebuild year on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Carlos Dunlap is requesting a trade because he's seen so few snaps. Uh, snaps. Geno Atkins, since his injury, the injury week against Cleveland leading up to that game, he's seen very few snaps. Uh, Carl Lawson is another guy that they're, he's seen a he, they seem to reduce his snaps a lot. Those guys aren't even the heavy ones in the rotation. It seems like Sam Hubbard is the only one star-studded guy that they have on the, that defensive side that's really pulling their weight or playing all those reps. So it feels like they're really kind of, uh, I, I don't know, calling it quits per se. I mean, and plus the, the Bengals' defense has been pretty shitty all year long. It seems like they really struggle making adjustments a la the Colts game. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. What, what, I, I'm, I'm try, they, they held the Colts to – what was it? Seven points in the first half, and then the defense coordinator made no adjustments. The Colts made adjustments, and then the Colts scored twenty-three more points. Yeah, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not uber concerned about that. Logan Wilson has been pretty competent at, at linebacker for uh, the the Bengals. I know I see you nod your head because that was one of your draft favorites. Yeah, but that even was he, my guy. But he kind of got beat like a drum last week against the Colts. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the Browns can do the same thing. They they the 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 Colts. I'm sorry. The Bengals allowed 7.2 yards per play against the Colts last week, and the Colts are a pretty bumped and bruised and battered unit as we saw when they played the Browns. So I'm thinking that the Browns should be a okay on that offensive side if they can. I mean, if they're not, if they're not, that to me is a big red flag. If they can't destroy the Bengals offensively, that to me is a big red flag. Yeah, for sure. And, and I will also agree with you, like. When it comes to this Bengals offensive line, because if the Browns Terrible. cannot take advantage of Bobby freaking Hart at right tackle, I'm sorry, we we need to find somebody at some point. Like, well, well Garrett beat him. Garrett Garrett yeah. destroyed him. He embarrassed oh, him I, last time. Yeah, no, I. But I'm just saying, I think that it, out of anything, if Bobby Hart is not released by next week, I'm going to take it as a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You, he- <laughs> So you're saying Miles Garrett should be him so bad that the man should lose his job? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dude, absolutely. You know what? I, I think it, Bengals fans would thank Miles Garrett for it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's funny because I would normally – I think what the Steelers did too is the Steelers kind of – it's funny because the Steelers, I think that they, they – they relied a lot on their short passes and the speed, the quick releases. And then they eventually they opened it up, and that's when you kind of saw the deep bomb, the chase Claypool, uh, and that's kind of how their offense evolved. The Bengals, I don't think they really have that option. It seems like they like to go deep with Burrow a little bit. I mean, maybe not. I don't want to say like, you know, 50-yard bombs, but it seems like he's got a pretty good rhythm with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd kind of hitting those 10 to 50. The the longer developing routes is what it looks like. Maybe I'm wrong, but if you're going to try to avoid Miles Garrett being up in your face, you're going to have to be quicker to get that ball out of your hands. Right, And, and my question too is, who do you have cover who for this game? So you still have Denzel, you've still got Terrence Mitchell, and then you've still got uh, Kevin Johnson. But, I mean, last week, obviously, you mentioned T. Higgins. A.J. Green finally had his best game of the year with eight catches for 96 yards. And then yeah. Tyler Boyd had five catches for 54 yards. So, you know, I, I just wonder who you have co- who covers who, because last time Denzel Ward covered A.J. Green. T. For, Higgins- for the most part, for the most part. But if you remember, A.J. Green got beat by T. T. Higgins on a third down, and then Mike Thomas scored the touchdown on him. If you yeah, remember, that's right. That's but right. you're right for the but the, that was but you're right though. That was the Bengals game was actually one of the better games for the defensive backfield as a whole. To be honest with you, because Denzel Ward pretty much locked up Green, A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green only had like one reception that day. Right. 
But yeah. especially with the way that he's been kind of slowed down so far this year, do you he's take Denzel up. off of him? Do you go ahead and move, you know, Terrence Mitchell maybe on to T. Higgins at that point? Like, I don't know where who matches up with who at that point. I but, imagine that you put Tyler Boyd on or uh, Kevin Johnson on Tyler Boyd in the slot. But the, so uh, I, I would keep Denzel Ward on AJ Green because you know it works. AJ Denzel Ward's struggles have nothing to do with his him being a good player. Right. His, his struggles are you know him coming back from an injury. Maybe he's getting a little head a little bit getting his head a little bit. He's he's great. He can shut down AJ Green. We know he can. Terrence yeah. Mitchell did a really good job of shutting down Tyler Boyd. Terrence Mitchell has had a pretty solid season. He mm-hmm. I shouldn't say when I say shut down, shut down is a pretty strong word. He does a pretty good job of limiting Tyler Boyd's explosive numbers. The pro the problem is where the X factor is T. Higgins. Because I don't think T. Higgins is the same wide receiver that we saw earlier in the season. It looks to me like he's got a better grasp of the, the playbook, and he's got a better relationship with Burrow, and he's starting to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a tall. That he, I mean, he's he's good. I feel like he's a, he is a uh, he is a an, an NFL receiver now. And before when we saw him, he was just kind of a rookie playing on the side. I mean, shit. The last time they played, Mike Thomas was getting more snaps than T. Higgins. That's what it looked like to me, or at least right. more looks. That's not the case anymore. So yeah. I, that's that to me is a little bit of the X factor or, or a little bit of the worry. And I do think that I, I, if I'm the Bengals, I'm trying to, like you said, establish the run with Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon looks like he's kind of found his groove a little bit. And Gio Bernard's looked solid too. Gio mm-hmm. Bernard's looked very solid. But again, I said that last time, and then they threw it, they threw it with Burrow 60 <laughs> times. So who knows? Right. And especially too, Mixon last game against the Colts had 18 carries, only at 54 yards. So for me, I, I yeah. think that if you're able to somewhat limit uh, Joe Mixon and force him to throw, obviously I think that they would prefer that a little bit. But at the same time, too, it also kind of swings it in the Browns' favor because that gives them a chance to control the clock still. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting because everything we're saying that they should do is the exact opposite <laughs> of what happened last time. But again, right. the, the Browns kind of the Browns lucked out. I stand by that. I, I would place that bet. I, matter of fact, I I am not placing the money on the Browns this week because I'm scared because the Browns bit me in the <laughs> ass the last time. But gun to my head, let's just let's move on. Let's move on to prediction time. The spread is three and a half points. Oh. Okay, the Browns are favored by three and a half points, which okay. is less than last time, dude. Yeah, less than last time. So the Browns have won what three games since they last met up, and yeah. the the Bengals have lost three games since they've last met. No, two games. No, that's right, three games since they last met, met up. So why I feel like now I'm getting a discount. Why why are they not favored by six points anymore? Or, or at least five, because that's what they beat it by last time. Is it because I think it, in Cincinnati? I, I think it's just because of the way that, that that Steelers game kind of rubs off. Like the Browns all of a sudden aren't the hottest team in the league after they throw up a stinker against the Steelers. Like it's it's just not gonna work that way. So for them, I I mean the over under is still fifty one and a half. Like I, I would still, they still look at it as a, and this is, I'm just looking at Bleacher Report at least for right now, um, to see the over under, but you know, for this, I, I'm gonna go at, I'll, I'll take the Browns, I'll take the Browns, and I'll take, I, I, I would say this, if it was five and a half, I would, I would take Cincinnati to cover, but I think that three really? and a half, I, yeah, I, I think that because again, it just me thinking, what the is Browns, the difference? Because again, it, it so I, I don't think that they're going to find a way to get within a field goal. I don't think that I don't think you're going to find a way to get within a fi- like a field goal or or less. 
I think that it's going to be like again. Okay, wait, hold on. So now I'm I'm confused. You don't think the Bengals are going to be within a field goal? Correct. So you would so you but you would but you would still take the Browns at the current spread of three and a half. Yes. Okay, but you're saying a five and a half. That's when you would turn it to the Bengals. A five and a half. I would I would be a little worried, a little concerned. I wouldn't necessarily feel as good if you're giving me just distinctly the Browns beat the Bengals by more than a field goal. Okay, I can go with that. Like, okay, I see what just, you're saying. Just the spread, it, like it gets to five and a half. I start to worry a little bit because again, like what you had last time, like that was that was what the line was last time, and all of a sudden it just like just that last second, just one bad beat. And I would say this: my mind has gone from the Browns losing a game to the Browns not being able to co- like cover the spread with the points. Like that's that's where my mind has gone. I still expect them to win, but the the line as of right now. Uh, I'm cool with going ahead and just taking them and and running with it. I could see that. The reason I kind of uh, the reason I was so confused because to me three and a half and five and a half three and a half is not a dead number. That is a key number with the hook. Five and a half though to me is a dead number. I mean, how often does someone if you lose by a field goal you're gonna you're gonna lose by three point about six points. That's that key number. But with but it's funny because as I'm thinking about that and trying to figure it out. I realized that the Browns lost by five points, or the Browns only won by five points last time. So, and well, <laughs> so and Cincinnati just Cincinnati just lost by four to, yeah, to Indianapolis. Like so that's right, why yeah. I'm like that five and a half really, uh, really apparently, <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the new key number. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I take the Browns on this all day, every day. But it's so weird because, and it, it's I'm not putting money on it. Gun to my head, I'm taking the Browns. But it's so weird because I haven't put money on it, and I've already put money on a couple couple NFL games this week. Because I something inside of me thinks that I'm I, something inside of me is kind of shocked that the number is so low. It's in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's looked good. The offense seems like it's clicking. So I'm looking at that, going, man, that's kind of a big number for this because the Browns just got wiped. But with that said. I just explained how the Browns were six point favorites and they've done nothing but exceed expectations. <laughs> right. And the Bengals have sucked. So why is it not six points? But there's just something inside of me. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because that 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 loss is eaten away. I mean, it's weird though, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. The the Bengals are a weird X Factor ish type of team. The, and... the Bengals are a weird X Factor team, and not only yes. that, the Browns have luck in the past. Gives you such a, a wariness when it comes down to it. Like that's, I I, I feel it. I feel it because again, like when we do this on the when we do this on the fan, like when we do our pick sixes, I look at these lines and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that much of a spread. That spread worries me. Oh a little yeah. Bit. Like, so again, like and especially too, like one for instance too that we didn't get a chance to talk about this week, but I, I wanted in on so bad was this Cardinals Cowboys game. Because the cow, the the Cardinals were favored by only a point and a half. I'm like, that's that's free money. At that point, what like, what I'm, what is the score of that game currently? As of right now, it's barely oh, uh, after halftime, and uh, the Cardinals are up twenty one to three. I bet on the Cowboys, dude. I bet like, on the Cowboys. You bet on Andy Dalton. <laughs> well, I, and I, it's funny because I brought up on this podcast last week because the the spread was eight points. No, the spread was the spread was the Cowboys were favored by three points, and then Dak Prescott got hurt, and then the Cowboys were getting three points. So mm-hmm. I was like, dude, there is not a six point difference between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. 
but I guess I was <laughs> wrong. Of course, there's still some time left, so we'll we'll see, we'll oh, see. Yeah. But I'm I'm with you. It's but back to the Browns and Bengals. It's yeah. I I I see what you're saying though. Is it re- as it relates to this game because it is weird. It's it's weird to think about this game because it does seem like a big number, but at the same time they did beat by five points. The Browns have been very. I, I'm I'm really trying to just forget the last game. I don't think that the last game is a correct representation of how good the team can be and will be moving forward. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. I I, I don't think that this is out of anything. This is kind of a marker for where the Browns are kind of at. Um, I think that it, it, cause you also got to remember, like I said, this is all about teams that have continuity that, uh, that know the Browns at least in division and, you know, for the Browns, they're, they're just not to that level yet because again, you know, they, they just haven't had that continuity. They've had six weeks of prep going into this season where they are now 12 weeks into the Fansky era and and they're yeah, four right, and two. Twelve weeks. They're twelve, 12 weeks. weeks. You're right. Like, yeah, it's it, funny. And what's even crazier is think about all the other coaches, all the other first year coaches in the NFL right now. Like, or at least coaches that were hired in this group. You've got Ron Rivera, one and five, and he was the he was the prized uh, possession for everybody. Again, Mike McCarthy is two and three and getting his ass kicked right now by by Arizona. Um, then well, you look the Rivera, at the Rivera thing isn't a, a super fair comparison because I, the, when you though you have to admit though that this is where I will this is where I will bash Stefanski a little bit. Everybody's giving them credit for being four and two, and they should because right. it's the same team that was last year that couldn't sniff their own ass. With that said, none of these other teams that hire new coaches have the talent. The Brown, I mean, come on, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, the first right. the number one pick at quarterback. They just signed Jack Conklin, and he did some of that. I'd like, I'd like to think, but, you know, the Redskins ain't got that shit. No, I, I hear that. I hear that argument. Now, the Cowboys do, though. Right, exactly. The Cowboys do, though, yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is that they, they were the ones that let Byron Jones walk. Yep. Um, you know, and, I mean, coming into this year, obviously, you didn't pay Dak Prescott. You paid Amari Cooper, and you paid Zeke. Um, well, paying Dak Prescott, not paying Dak Prescott might have been a good yeah. idea now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he got paid, he wouldn't have gotten hurt. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's, that's I don't live I'm... in that world. I don't live in that world. Um, <laughs> to, to quote draft day, we live in a very different world than we did about, about a week ago. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I look at it and I'm and the situations too, because not on top of that too. Joe Judge just got his first win against Ron Rivera, and that barely, year, barely, barely, right, right. But that, but that's the thing is that even still, barely, yeah. Because they, because he went ahead, Rivera went ahead, and he's still playing Kyle Allen. I know. So, I don't get that either. <laughs> I don't get that either. It's such like, a weird. Right, and, and so like that. That's the whole thing that I'm constantly looking at is that you know for where this team is at again, 12 weeks into a new offense defense and completely yep. culture change. Like I'm very happy with where they're at. Granted, could they get better? Sure. But again, we're only 12 weeks into a process that normally we get about seven months right now. Yeah. Like, so we're not Absolutely. that far along. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. One, one thing is for sure, they need to beat the teams that they're better than. And we yes. know for sure that they're better than the Bengals. So I think this week is is more important than the last week. But we're we're coming towards the end, Mac. I want to be able to want to let you do a little shout out for your podcast. What you got coming up, brother? Where, where can they follow you and what you got coming down the pipe? Yeah, so as always, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MacRobinson95. If you want to hear me every now and then, I also do some producing over at 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Uh, and as always, you guys can listen to the podcast. Uh, it's the Hurry Up Podcast. You guys can follow it on Twitter at Hurry Up Podcast. As of right now, I'm going to be doing post-game reaction stuff, and then hopefully here in the near future, i got to get some stuff worked out. But I should be having guests on again, but you guys will hear my post-game reactions to all that stuff. And as always, you guys can check out my thoughts on Twitter. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm excited for draft season again. You always find a good way to get those prospects on. One of these days, one of these <laughs> days, dude, you're going to get a prospect that does get drafted by the Browns. You keep hey, I'm hoping. You, I'm you hoping. keep interviewing. It's not your It's not your fault. For anybody who does, isn't aware, Mac interview, he goes down to the Senior Bowl. He gets these prospects. You had the tight end from Cincinnati last year. Yep. Um, who who uh, you had, you had uh, a couple linebackers. I had Josiah DeGuara this year. Uh, yeah. Two years ago, I had um, – Colin Saunders, uh, who got drafted in the third round by the Chiefs. And then I also had Max Crosby. Uh, yeah, that's right. Event, uh, from, uh, I believe it was Eastern Michigan, but he yes. ended up getting drafted by uh, the Raiders yeah. and has been doing very well uh, over there. Um, yeah, I've had a few prospects on here and there. Um, and None I'm of the Browns. <laughs> none, none of the Browns. And... Even Crosby was one that I wanted, man. Like, Every, dude, with the Caitlin Collins, the Caitlin Sanders one or Saunders one was fun. Deguire was funny too because even Jeff on our on on our chat was like, "Oh, that's a good one. He'll end up with the with the Browns because they'll move him to H back or whatever." Remember yeah. that was a big rumor forever. So everybody you have on, yeah, uh, and then they traded for Andy Janovich, and so yes. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine. All right." Man, I, yes. I, but hey, I mean, hey, he he is the H back for for Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, I'll take he's it. He's doing it. He's doing it, brother. <laughs> but this was the Browns Wire podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. Remember to give us a like, listen, review. If you give us a five star review uh, on iTunes, I will send you out an Austin Hooper autograph eight by ten. So okay. remember, yeah, that's right, dude. That's right. We've given out two already. I got two left, baby. There I got two go. left. Courtesy of Playball Inc. at the Puddle Cross the Ball and Double. As a reminder, they're also having Dorsey Levens here Saturday. If anybody's interested in Dorsey Levens autograph. But again, this was the Browns Wire podcast. We are out.
is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's on the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery.